caution, assholes at play. I like to send a special shout out to my homeboy, OJ Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby. Two less, we got to worry about. You understand? Call me an asshole. One more time. See that man there? He's a real a-hole. He's also a huge asshole. This is the Capcast, motherfucker. We're here, bitches. What up? I didn't realize you were. <laughs> oh, shit. What's up? It's the Capcast. Again, got another episode. Halloween, it's October. Yep, part two of a part four. I guess we're, uh, I guess we're going to talk about this masterpiece, huh? <laughs> Disaster piece? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, been saving it for a very, very long time, this uh, discussion about the Rob Zombie Halloween. Yes. I've been almost resisting not talking about it constantly just letting it go so i now's the time it's the moment let's talk about why you're so upset about this why this movie makes you so upset ah where would you like to start (laughs) well since we're talking about let's start at the beginning all right so the beginning (laughs) of the film Right off from Jump Street, pissed me right off. I think I know how. I think I, I think I know where it went wrong for you. Because I'm not like a, I'm not a big fan of like the opening. <sighs> All right, refresh my memory about the exact opening. Okay, so the mom's a stripper. I, I, yeah, mom's a stripper. I mean, I think that was no, 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 it wasn't. I was almost about to say it was alluded to in the original, and it absolutely wasn't. <laughs> um, the beginning is like uh, at their house, and apparently they're like a dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah, and the stepdad's an asshole. Yeah. And the only thing that makes me laugh during that part, and he when he's like, "I will crawl over there and skull fuck you." <laughs> but what bothers me about the beginning of this movie is that it's very Rob Zombie esque. You have to have like eight hundred swear words in the first three minutes. Yep, it's just it's just gross. It's an oversaturation to compensate for the fact that he's not good at what he does. Yeah, he's not a uh, not a good writer. No, he could the story of Dreadbox dependent on it. You know what? You know what I like the most about his movies? I like the look of them. The grittiness. Yeah, I like that shit. I like gritty movies too, but so yeah, we got uh, we got the complete opposite of the family in the original, 
where this family is extremely dysfunctional. Mom's a stripper. Stepdad's a drunk asshole. Sister's a whore. Uh, and I mean, I guess the new part is that we get a uh, we get the backstory of Michael Myers, the origin, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> The origin that they decided to cut out of the original because of the fact that it would have been scarier that the kid just was this way and we didn't need to tell you it. You just accept it from the beginning that this kid is fucked up. I mean, I think I told you, I think I told you last week that I actually liked the the first half of the movie and I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Uh, I feel like it was kind of pointless. It was just like, oh, this kid's in the mental hospital. Uh, this guy's trying to talk to him forever. Uh, hold on, let me turn this shit off because it's over. Uh, the kid's in a mental hospital. He stops talking. He doesn't talk for 15 years. Danny Trejo, the janitor, is his best friend. Uh, I, I just... I don't understand the point unless we're just shoving more Rob Zombie disgustingness into it. Like the two, there's like two guys who like bang this fucking crazy girl right in his room to like antagonize him for like the scene when he escapes. Like I just didn't see a point because every time they showed the kid, there was no progression. There was just like, oh, he doesn't talk anymore. He makes a bunch of masks. And then his mom blows his mom blows her brains out. <laughs> then then we get to the actual remake part. It's, that's the problem I had. Now it, it all came right back to me the second you started saying all those things. Is it was like, <laughs> hey, you're trying to give a backstory, but you're putting too much fucking bullshit into this backstory. It doesn't. It doesn't need it. There's no purpose for this at all. This is meaningless bullshit that you've piled in here. This doesn't convey the message that this kid's evil or scary or anything. It's just a bunch of fucking crazy bullshit going on. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. It's irrelevant to anything in the in the, in the film. Yeah. The other part is the doctor, the most important character in the entire Halloween series suddenly becomes a flamboyant, flashy, fucking fruity douchebag. The original Loomis instantly yeah. grabbed your attention and went, wow, this doctor's as fucking badass as fucking Michael Myers is. This guy isn't a guy to fuck around with. He's not playing no fucking games or no fucking bullshit. This guy means fucking business. He pulls out his revolver the fucking first chance he gets fucking scared in the original. This dude, on the other hand, complete opposite. It was like, what? What? This is Loomis? No. There's no fucking way this is Loomis. Then, like you said with the kid talking, Michael never talked. Him not talking was the same as Sabu not talking. There was a purpose for them not fucking speaking. Because yeah, it I mean, added that allure to them of, 
wow, this person's really fucked up. Wow, this person's scary. They don't say nothing, so you don't know what they're thinking. Oh, that, right. That, yeah. that. Like, like, the first one, he just immediately after just didn't talk. Like, never said a word. This one, he's like, uh, I got picked on. And now I killed, I killed a bunch of animals. And now I killed my family. And now I don't talk. Pointless. And then he turns into the guy from fucking Slipknot, the big guy. <laughs> and starts fucking people up. I feel like the what they were trying to drive home is that once his mom killed herself, he was just like, fuck it, I guess. Yeah. But still, I don't know. I don't know. I used to really like the first half, and now that I just watched it again, I'm like, eh, this is kind of like some filler bullshit. That's all it was, was Rob Zombie fucking filler. They it, And even the way that the film itself played out, like, nothing about it gave you that eerie feeling, that dark feeling. It was just straight gore, constant violence it was like a house of a thousand halloweens basically <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> you know what i mean it's every other film he's ever made it's just he called it halloween and put a mask on somebody i was- uh <laughs> i i did i think my favorite part of this movie is when he goes to that truck stop and <laughs> and goes into the bathroom and that guy's in there and he's like, I'm working. He's like, you're going to have to wait. I'm working on a triple deluxe burrito. It's going to be a while. And then he fucks him up. Then he tells him he's Big Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead. That's another thing that bothers me sometimes about Rob Zombie movies that like puts like a thousand cameos in his movie. Yeah, and his ugly ass wife. <laughs> she's in every movie the ugliest bitch I'm sorry oh, she's look, fucking man. look man this can't be worse than part two okay part two is pretty fucking bad <laughs> um so yeah it, yeah the beginning was just I don't know now that I watched it again I feel like it was a lot of pointless shit like we could have just got right to it um then I guess, I mean, he escapes, and it's 15 years later, and then it's like, hey, let's try to stick some John Carpenter shots in here to make you remember that this is a Halloween remake. Yeah, because he got so far yeah. off the fucking beaten path, he had to try to bring it back so people weren't like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I noticed about this one is that he didn't drive a car. Oh, yeah, you're right. He can talk do everything else, but apparently he couldn't drive a car all of a sudden. No, I guess not. I mean, he was—he could beat a guy up and take his mechanic suit. Couldn't take a car. Nope. I don't know, man. And then, it, and then it gets to the point where the doctor is trying to make money off of Michael. Oh, that's, that's in the second movie, yeah. It just becomes okay. a piece of shit. That's the second one? Okay. Yeah, that's the second one. He comes a uh, fucking piece of shit, Loomis. 
Yeah, because I was one and done with both movies, so right. I, I can um, never myself to come back to it. I mean, honestly, him, him and the uh, the guy that played the sheriff, who is the the voice of Chucky, uh, they they were probably the best actors in this movie, honestly. Um, he, the dude, Malcolm McDowell wasn't he wasn't bad as Loomis. He was just working with what he was given. Uh, and then the guy that played the guy that was the voice of Chucky played the sheriff. He's just a good actor, dude. Yeah, he was just he was fucking absolutely shitting on Loomis when he came in. He was like, "You gotta stop him." You know, he's doing his best Donald Pleasance. <laughs> you gotta. St- you don't understand. He's pure evil. He's like, whatever, man. It's a Halloween prank. <laughs> yeah, but even there, I mean, that guy, the Malcolm guy, he just didn't have it to be Loomis. Just, I mean, nobody's going to have it, dude. I mean, think about this. There's only, okay, in the original Halloween. You don't notice it until it gets brought up, but Loomis is only in the film for 18 minutes total. Well, yeah, because it's mostly about Michael stalking. Well, that's all they could afford, actually. But I'm saying that amount of time for 18 minutes made the film. Well, yeah, 18 minutes became fucking six movies or what? No, not six. Like six, five movies were... for that guy. Oh, five, so, yeah. Three doesn't count. Because three is not a Michael Myers movie. No. Yeah, five. Like, I mean, 18 minutes became five sequels for that guy because he's a really good character. Donald Pleasance made that role. It's hard. I I, I feel like it's unfair like, Malcolm McDowell is a really good actor. Like, he's been in a lot of shit. He was in Clockwork Orange. He was the main guy. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, he's a good actor. You can't act, you can't, like, I don't know, you can't fill those shoes. It's not fair to him, I guess. Yeah, well, that's, that's what happens when you leave it up to Rob Zombie to fuck everything up. <laughs> he couldn't cast a broken arm. <laughs> fucking kidding me. Yeah, I mean, once we got into the remake portion, I, I really could have given a fuck less about any of these characters. The, like, the they sister, don't really flesh, like, Huh? The sister irritated me beyond belief. The, her screams and her ah, all the time. Shut the fuck up. God, it was just any facet of this movie, no matter what they did, they just ruined every single thing that was done prior. I think he deliberately went out of his way to fuck everything up on purpose. Because there's no way you could have did it on accident, unless he's fucking borderline slow. The the problem is, the problem is, is he spent so much time in the first half. Like, I feel like I got into what those characters were. And then the second half, like, no, just, there were no, like, there was no, like, getting into those characters whatsoever. 
No, he didn't make you care about a damn thing in the movie. There was no, like, backstory. It was just like, all of a sudden, there's, like, four girls or three girls just hanging out. Don't know who the fuck they are. Not going to find out who the fuck they are. I don't know, man. The... I... I mean, if there's one thing he does good, it's it's the violence. It's the it was it was true to like Michael Myers, I guess. It's pretty brutal. Like that stuff that stuff I liked was just like the shitty character development was like meh. took me out of it, made me not give a shit. <laughs> See, I felt as the movie went on, it was more, there was so much gore to make up for the fact that the movie sucked. Where oh, for in sure. originals, he killed somebody, but then that was it. They didn't have to go over the top with the killing. It was, he killed the person, that's it, he's moving on. It's not, let's make this a huge, like a bomb went off in somebody's fucking stomach, you know what I mean? There was like no blood in the original. There was a little bit of blood. A little bit, but there was like barely. It's kind of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Much. No. But at the same time, it also wasn't needed. Exactly. Again, more filler. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Here's a weird coincidence with the Halloween movies. Uh Uh-huh. So, Donald Pleasance played Dr. Loomis, and he was chasing Michael Myers. Yep. Donald Pleasance played the Bond villain that the actor, Michael Myers, parodied into Dr. Evil. (laughs) Austin Powers. Think about that one. That's fucking weird. Wow. Wow. Dr. Evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I remember now. Didn't he have, like, wasn't Donald Pleasance in the Bond movie and he had, like, a monocle and shit? Yep. He almost looked identical to what Michael Myers portrayed yeah. in Office Powers. Yeah. That's what yeah, it was. I remember, yeah. And I that's all Powers was. He was a parody of James Bond. I'm trying to remember what movie I watched that made me laugh was, uh, Oh, was uh, I think I think it was Baby Driver. Uh, they were going to rob a, these dudes were going to rob a bank. And it's like about this this dude that just he he does the uh, getaway driving. <laughs> these dudes go to rob a bank, and everybody puts masks on, and they're Austin Powers masks. And he's like, "What the hell is this? I told you guys to get Michael Myers masks." He's like, "We did." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, what's really weird to me is that I thought that Michael Myers was just, like, hell-bent on killing. But then he rolls up, gets the girl, and then starts breaking out baby pictures. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Why are you trying to make Michael human and normal? It's 
kind of what weirded me out about the Friday the 13th remake was like Jason kidnapped a girl, took her into a fucking underground lair, and then showed her a picture of his mom and shit. Like, what are you, what are you doing? It, that's the thing. He's evil. There is no conscience in him. That's what Loomis right. said in the original. He's just evil. He's pure evil. That's all he fucking is. There's, he's not going to be going fucking picking flowers for people and all this fucking cock and bullshit. I mean, he also said it in this, too, so... Yeah, but did they stick to it? Hell no! <laughs> I mean, when I finished watching this movie, I felt like Ron Simmons. Damn! Damn! <laughs> I mean, like, the last 15 minutes is just him doing construction on a house. <laughs> yep, that's all it is. <laughs> and then, then getting shot in the pool. I don't know, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... It's not, it's not the worst remake I've ever seen, but it's not very good. Well, fuck Rob Zombie. I hope he gets fucking COVID, fucking AIDS, syphilis, anything imaginable. Rob Zombie deserves to be a fucking real zombie and fucking burn in hell for that shit. Yeah. Fuck, I'll never listen to his music again. I'll never fucking watch one of his fucking movies ever again. I've been done with him since, and I will continue to fucking hate him till the day I fucking die. Fuck you for fucking <laughs> something that was a masterpiece that started all this slasher film fucking shit. Because without it, you wouldn't have been able to fucking make a remake, you fucking cocksucker. Right. I, I did just, you, uh... I mean, it wasn't that hard to do a fucking remake. It, it really wasn't that hard. He overdid it and oversaturated it to make up for the lack of him not being able to write a correct story and cast people correctly. Right. That's so, with that, what what did you think about the recent one? All right, the recent one, loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. Loved it. So, it. It a couple more pissed me right the fuck off. Okay, what? Do you know that they're making like another one and another one? After this story, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, this film could have been the end of it, it could have been the fucking icing on the cake, and it would have been over with. I think that's what they're doing with the three movies here. I think it's gonna be, I think that's gonna be it. This should have been it, it was perfect. Jamie Lee Curtis went fucking nuts for all these years and basically became Rambo. She was ready to fix it up. And she they did so many um so many odes to the old one with certain shots and certain things that you see, like the kids are wearing the silver shamrock masks in front of the house and they walk past Michael real quick. Yeah. Um the thing with the new doctor who's a fucking wacko wanted to be Michael. That was cool. I really enjoyed that. I was like, this is a good uh, fucking I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't expecting him to turn and fucking want to be Michael. 
Right. I did not see that coming by any means. Yep, same, same. I did not see that coming at all. Nope. It had the right darkness to it. It had the right feel to it. It wasn't overly gory. The story was phenomenal. This is what the fucking remake that that cocksucker should have did. It was done properly. Somebody finally fucking did it right. Yep. Yep. You know know what's funny? What? Is it? Was it was directed by David Gordon Green, who did Eastbound and Down with Danny McBride. Oh, Danny McBride was also a part of that. That's what's that's that's what gets me, as they made a great movie and they're comedy guys. Yeah, that's the show about baseball, right? The baseball player Kenny Powers. Yeah, yeah the fucking one of the greatest shows ever. Yeah. Yep. That's what, there you go. Somebody like that was able to do it correctly. Probably because he fucking watched the original, unlike Rob Zombie. Well, I'm sure Rob Zombie watched the original. Rob Zombie's a huge horror fan. Yeah, he likes fucking B-movies. So do I. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he watched it once and went, how can I ruin this? Hold my crack pipe. Let me do this fucking script. You know what? You know what's funny is that I bought this collector's edition of the movie because the best thing on it is like the best thing that Rob Zombie does is he does like three hour making ofs, and they're actually really good. <laughs> like all the behind the scenes shit is actually super interesting and really good. Unlike the movie. <laughs> the making of. It should be called the destruction of. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> let's, let's get the fuck off this. That's how we You want to talk about you want to talk about the dog collar match because I feel like that was the only redeeming thing last night on the show. Um, you are correct, one thousand percent. The rest of the show, uh, I mean, all right, FTR and the Hybrid Two. That was that, that was, shit was that was all right. It was okay. Um, the best friends coming out at the end with the weenie shit. That's corny, man. Come on, what are we ten? fucking 13 year olds in wrestling it's irritating now i'm just fucking i'm done with it it was like a weak way to antagonize yeah i agree but i mean kid shit who are we i mean who are we kidding they're not winning any belts we already know that's gonna go oh of course but it's like you can't get a Another formidable opponent against them. It's got to be these fucking guys that are just, as FTR said, fucking backyard comedy wrestlers. I feel really shitty because, like, Jericho's 30th anniversary of wrestling and he wrestled the fucking cripple. That guy could not do shit to save his life. Hold up. Hold up. He's a legend. Hold up. Apparently, yeah. They made him they made him look real good in that video package. 
Oh, he's a lot. Dude, you were saying he was like the best Japanese deathmatch wrestler of all time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you misquoting me, sir? I didn't say he was the <laughs> best. I said apparently this guy was a legend in Japan. I said apparently. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, it looked, I mean. He'd pro- you know, 30 years ago, he probably had a pretty fucking great career in Japan because he was young and he could do that shit. But, like, watching him try to do moves was fucking painstaking. Did you see him fall off the ring when he went to go around the post? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, dude, that was- <laughs> dude, I was like, this guy is fucking garbage. Yeah, I was not impressed. And I felt bad for Jericho. It was pretty shitty. I feel uh, bad because he's got to walk out with fucking Jake Hager, who's just a complete fucking doofus. <laughs> uh, I actually, you know, I, the only person I really felt bad, I mean, I also felt bad for that Serpentico guy because he, he seems all right. You know, I don't know a goddamn thing about him. I also do not. He just, like, appeared one day. Yeah, and he was in a tag team. <laughs> yeah, he's got a like, general Grievous shitty mask. Mask is kind of cool. But does remind me of in Beetlejuice when they, like, stretch their faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I was thinking Grievous from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> what? What else was? Oh, I barely remember this show, even though it was yesterday. That's how you know it sucked. Uh, and fucking big forehead out there. Oh God, undeveloped tadpole. Yeah. I, you know what? I honestly, I only saw the end of that match. I was like doing something. Oh, I went to take a shower. That's what I did. <laughs> it makes me feel yeah. bad for Serena Deeb, who's actually a good wrestler. She's a great wrestler, man. I feel like I feel like they may have brought her in to like help out young talent. You know what I mean? Try to get them on the right track, a little better in the ring. You know. I mean, they have they have like a good handful of uh, good female wrestlers. They just need the rest of them to be like a little more developed. You're right. And what the hell happened to her boobs? Oh, deep. Uh, I don't know. They used to be huge. Now they're like not existing. I, I think she's just real lean now, like real muscular and lean. Oh. I feel like when they, when they said something in that May Young Classic that like she does she does um she teaches like yoga or something. Mm. So she's like all... shaved head with punk. She looked way different. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, let's talk about this dog collar match. Oh, the dog collar match. What a fucking classic. I have to give it to him. I was very worried because I actually just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, showed my daughter the original dog collar match with the hammer and uh, the piper. 
Yeah. She loved it. She's like, wow, this is amazing. I go, yeah. I go, that's why Piper's deaf in his ear. And like all his videos, you see him grabbing his ear all the time. I go, because he got messed up in this match. She's like, oh, this is so so amazing. So when I saw the new one, I'm like, man, it's going to be hard to top that. It's going to be hard to, you know, come close to it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. But they did very well. Yeah, I usually um usually don't get like into dog collar matches. Like I just think it's like an eighties gimmick, honestly. Um but this was like this was pretty fucking good. <laughs> they both bled. There's a fucking pile driver through a table. There was a fucking crazy cutter by Cody. That shit, man. That was cool. There was a lot of that, cool stuff in this. I like when I like when uh, Brody threw him over the rail and then just kept pulling him by the chain into the fucking railing. That was that was cool. And then he finally uh, pulled him over and he flipped over it. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. It, I. Uh, it, what? The only knock I had on it was the chain was too fucking long. Yeah, it was really long, right? I was thinking that too. Uh, I like the uh, <clears throat> I like the use of the chain wrapping around Brody's face, dude. That was fucking. That looked brutal. Oh yeah, that was definitely an old to the old match. I yeah, saw that was really lot of that in there. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, shit man this was like and they let it go long and it wasn't like there wasn't any like uh it wasn't any, like a dull moment it was all really good yeah it was you're right it it didn't drag on at all like i really like this and i really like fucking moxley and kingston a couple weeks ago too like oh that was a phenomenal match that was so fucking good. That was probably one of the best matches I've seen on AEW, actually, in their whole one-year history. I liked... What was that one? Oh, when Kenny and fucking Moxley went at the unsanctioned match? That was actually really good. The one through the glass table? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that, man. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. I'm dying. I know, right? Um, the only thing I didn't like is fucking Brandy had to be out there. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm going to get into a fucking brutal fight with somebody, the last person I want next to me or near me is my girlfriend. Right, I, right. She doesn't need to be there. That's There's no purpose for her at all. Fucking stay inside, go sit down, and shoot a couple more fucking shitty YouTube videos for your shot of fucking Brandy episodes that fucking get less views than backyard wrestling videos on YouTube. <laughs> you want it? Well, she, she got John Silver out of there, and then when the match was over, John Silver came back. <laughs> <laughs> That shit made me laugh so hard. 
I I like uh I like that dude, and it makes me wonder like because you know eventually like that shit's gonna break up, and like who's gonna break out out of those guys? Yeah, it, you know what? He is the only one that has any type of charisma in that whole group. No, nah, you know who? You know who else? You know, it's Stu Grayson, bro. Oh no, I like Stu, but he's not as I, alive I, as fucking Silver. No. I think those two could break out out of anybody in there. Yeah, yeah. Silver's got many charisma, dude. He does way more than Brody ever has. <laughs> the audacity, the audacity, Cody. He has more. He has more charisma on being the elite than he does on the actual show. They treat him like a jobber. He's fucking hilarious though on that show. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then the worst part of it is. We had a great match. Awesome. Cody wins. Cody gives an awesome promo. And they fucked it right up by having Orange Cassidy walk out there. Well, I mean, every time, he, every whenever Cody has had the TNT belt, anytime he beat somebody, the next guy would walk out. So... Stop being a fucking negative Nancy about Orange Cassidy. Like I said about this tag title shit. Dude just won the belt back. You think he's going to lose it next week? I'm not saying he's going to lose it, but he just had a war with a guy twice his size, and his next opponent is him? Are you kidding me? I mean, dude, he also fought one of those fucking private party guys. Yes, he did. But that's before. This literally just happened. He just beat Brody Lee. And okay, Orange so, now he's gotta, so now he's got to have a fucking fluffer match, bro. Come on. What is he, he going to take on Lance Archer next? It's, it's like the fucking <laughs> just banged the hot girl. And the ugly one came into the fucking bedroom after you were done. And you're like, oh, really? I got to deal with braces and pimples right now. <laughs> Bugging, dude. <laughs> Keep him on fucking dark. Keep him wrestling the other fucking goofs like him. But Cody, I mean, come on. Cody's the star of the fucking company. I'm sorry. It's just, to me, it was like, wow, you just literally lost me now. After this entire 30 minutes, this is what you're going to give me next? You're way too hard on Orange Cassidy, my guy. Uh, the guy's not without talent. I know you just don't like his gimmick. The guy is not without talent, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. A dude that looks like he's fucking cashing me out at Walmart, I, I can't see in a wrestling ring ever. <laughs> Calm down, little Jimmy. That's Walmart workers, but I'm just All right. saying. All right, little Jim. <laughs> well, hey. So, you are so against the progression of wrestling. <laughs> I'm against the progression of wrestling? Are you kidding me? 
Dude, Darby I, listen, Darby listen, I would, What? Darby Allen. I love Darby Allen. I think he's one of the best oh, on the yeah. show. Progression of wrestling. He's a new guy. They got, listen, they got like comedy acts. Like, I remember comedy acts were like goofy back in the day, right? And now I feel like comedy acts in wrestling gain like a cult status. Like, that can't be ignored. You know what I mean? Which I feel like is why Orange Cassidy gets like bigger opportunities because people are like, I mean, people are just having fun with it, but they, um, I feel like they become popular like a like, like at a cult level. Yeah, well, you know, Comedy X um, always did really well on Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. There's a difference between wrestling and Comedy X. I don't have a problem with a Comedy X. I didn't have a problem with Austin and fucking Kurt Angle doing the hat thing. I didn't have a problem with Mick Foley and The Rock. That's what I was about to say. Did you have a problem with Mick Foley and The Rock being funny? Done right. And they were still serious people at the end of the day. They they still were taking what they did in the ring serious. They weren't always being clowns. That's yeah. the comedy works. I don't have a problem with comedy. Comedy works in small increments, but not a consistent flow of it. Then that's when you take away from what you're doing. This is pro yeah. wrestling. It's a contest. A guy against a guy to win. That's all it is. Concrete. Putting this other shit in there dissolves it and you know what I mean? Right. I'm not trying to be Cornette, but at the same time, it's like I'm here to watch wrestling. If I wanted to watch comedy, I'd turn on Saturday Night Live and listen to fucking Alec Baldwin do the same imitation he's done for 10 years because he sucks and has no talent. I mean, they're going to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, still. They're going to wrestle, but they're not, nothing about the whole match is going to be serious. It's going to be a comedy match. I watch Lucha Vavum and um, what's the other one? The one that's in Philly with Jigsaw. The one that Orange Cassidy came from. What's that company? Uh, well, the only thing I ever saw him in was GCW. Yeah, but he that's came from that other one with fucking Jigsaw. Eddie Kingston was in there and he was whooping everyone's ass. Uh, Chikara? Chikara. If I wanted to watch, oh, yeah. should I watch fucking Chikara? Like, Chikara is a good mix of like goofy, but it also tries to be like, uh, like the eighties, nineties, like that era, where it's like it's not like it's not crazy, it's not like Attitude Era, it's kind of like old old school shit, where like the gimmicks are like you know like a fucking dupe the dumpster drossy type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they got a guy. They have a guy that wears a fucking that wears a mask that looks like a a baseball. <laughs> Which it and it works. They do fun stuff, man. Like they do the trios every every year, and like trying to remember they they had like they had weird trios. Like they would have like a half a DX. Like they had a Billy Gunn fucking X Pac and somebody else. They were like a trio team. I think that's where X-Pac broke his butthole. I tore my ass. I tore my ass. I remember that story. Pretty sure that's where it happened. It was one of those. But Chikara, I, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, Eddie Kingston was in there just fucking people. It was like perfect. 
it was like a perfect foil for Eddie Kingston because it was so like squeaky clean and uh, kid friendly, and he just came in there like a badass and fucked people up. Yeah, but, but that's what I mean. If I wanted to watch comedy, I'd watch that. Here's another example. The NWA. Power. Oh, yeah. Aaron Stevens and the question mark are hilarious. Absolutely. Funny. But it doesn't take away from what the show is supposed to be. That's my problem. He's doing, he's hiding behind a fucking Christmas tree while he's in a, during a match. Yeah. Still in the match. He's still taking it seriously, even though he's being funny. And the same thing with the yeah. question mark and all that. That's my gripe with, with how AEW is with people like Orange Cassidy and other people too. Is it's, you're doing so much of it, you're taking away from what you're really there to do. That's mm-hmm. all. I got no problem with new guys. Fuck, Ricky Starks has the most charisma on the whole entire show out of anybody. <laughs> I don't know whether to fight him or take him on a date. Oh, he's hilarious. He's great. He's just fucking great. Oh, that's a dude. That Brian Cage and fucking Will Hobbs match was pretty great, too. I don't shit. My fucking boy, Will Hobbs. Yeah, it was a really fucking good match to start the show. It was a great match. And there you go. There's another guy coming up that's go- that's going to be a star as long as they book him correctly. Oh, absolutely. He they made him look they made him look good in that match too. Like for sure. Even Taz, even Taz at the end was like, look, I'll give you an option, man. He was like, You fought hard, you fought good. Like they even gave him props. Like it, it made, he lost, but he looked strong. And that's what I mean. That ending with Taz. Taz doing that and not just sitting there as an announcer, like we know he's their manager. So right. I just let him do what he wants to do and just be that guy. It's awesome. I have to give Taz props. He's better as a manager than he ever was as a fucking commentator and a little bit better than he was as a wrestler too. Like, oh, yeah. He's fucking got it going on now. He's really just found his fucking lane and just excelled so well in it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I like, dude, I love Taz. I always like Taz. Uh, I mean, those, what is like, those three matches were probably the best thing out of the whole show. Like, I mean, I honestly think the worst thing was that, that last thing but like uh i did like the end of when like mjf came out i like that shit hell yeah clownico yep and i always like when jericho and mjf tease like they're gonna kill each other and it's like ah see that's a good thing that's who jericho needs to be working with somebody who's talented somebody who can wrestle somebody who has it you know he, he, he tries to make all these other guys and i'm sorry these other guys, it doesn't matter if Steve Austin was in a match with them. You you just can't do it. They're not ready. A lot of these guys are way too fucking green, man. Right. I was like, private party. Listen, as a tag team, whatever, right? I don't have a problem with them. But don't you ever give those two kids a fucking microphone again in your life. Don't you ever give them a microphone. Don't ever let them talk, ever. Yeah, they, got, they got some work to do, yeah. 
Dude, they, so green. It's like the stuff that they were saying. And then to rip off what Scorpio Sky said to Jericho, like the yeah. words was like, dude, you know, you guys need to go step right fucking in the back and let Matt Hardy talk for you because you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing yet. And that That's like I said, that's a common theme. There's just so many fucking green people in the company. It's like. They need to stay on dark for a while until somebody teaches them something. And I know nobody's teaching anything because Tony Khan doesn't want anybody in there with any fucking knowledge to tell anybody to do anything because he wants to fucking fantasy book his fig fed. Well, I mean, I feel like they got some. They got they got Tully. They got Iron. They got Jake. You know what I mean? But they're only allowed to deal with their own people. Right. That's the problem. There's no there's no bad guy backstage. And by a bad yeah. guy, I mean, there's nobody to go, don't do that shit, Tony. That doesn't make any sense, Tony. No. Yeah. has complete control over everything. And that's a problem. Because you have oh, a I... fan with no knowledge that never really was in the business running a fucking business. You know what I, I mean? Agree. It's yep. a problem. Uh, all right. Let's get into something that makes you happy. Let's, let's, get, let's hit this Rip Rogers segment. All right. I mean, you're right. Iron and Tully are there. If he'd listen to them, it'd be a better fucking product. Right. I agree. I totally agree with that. All right. We're going to get into the famous segment, Rip Rogers Tweets. You're late, everybody. No, fuck everybody. Fucking rotten. I ain't in this to fucking walk around like a, a, a pro wrestler with my lats out thinking I'm goddamn fucking over. Fuck that. Basically, shut the fuck up. I'm just a normal fucking kid that's <laughs> still a fucking kid, fucking rotten. You're the only motherfucker I can talk to you about this. He's got a blade on him, right? Fuck. Basically, shut the fuck up. <sighs> I will uh, go first. All right, go for it. You can't train too much. You can't eat too healthy. You can't cut too many promos. You can't practice in the ring too much. You can't watch too many old matches. You can't have too good gear. You can't have too good of an attitude. You can't have too good of a work ethic. Pro wrestling. Sky <laughs> just drop bombs all day. Oh, there it is. I see. That one. <laughs> we all started out the shits, but by staying humble, keeping our ears open, and our mouths shut, we got a little better. Keep a good attitude, and more will help you. Hard work and consistency is the key. Later on, help the new kids as the, as you were helped. Pass it down. <laughs> Randy was way more intense in ICW than he was in WWF. ICW, he had the chip on his shoulder. Every minute of every match, he was in total character. He trained on hate. He would show all he was the best. As his dad said, suffering builds character. <laughs> here's here's a guy that, <laughs> that tweeted about Rip Rogers. Before Rip Rogers called me a lazy cocksucker, Versus after called me after Rip Rogers called me a lazy cocksucker. If anyone argues who the best pro wrestling trainer in the world is, don't even try because I will argue this to the death. Oh, 
That's a before and after picture of this guy. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Real quick before I read this tweet, what I love about Rip is his respect for uh, not the Macho Man. He's constantly about how much he loved Randy and how much he appreciated him and how great Randy was. He never, ever stops. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Oh, wait, my bad. There's there's no one like like him and uh, who was the who's the who's the guy that is it him that trained a lot of the fucking wrestlers yeah 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 yeah. so it's got a great track record to not get a lot of recognition i know nobody knows fucking who he is which is crazy but he's done so much for wrestling ah here we go in any job you get there early leave late work your ass off and do as the boss wants you Get heat on yourself, because you make the slackers look bad. Fuck them. Give it your all and get that goal. Everybody loves you until you start doing better than them. Oh, yeah. Words to live by right there. Yes, Serena is now wrestling for AEW. She's got a chip on her shoulder, chomping at the bit to prove she's one of the best. All right. <laughs> Whatever you want to do with your life, give it a hundred percent. It's your life, nobody else's. You will be mocked and made fun of. Fuck them. When you you are a success, they be kissing your ass. They all love you until you start doing better than fuck them. Go get yours. <laughs> WWE. Impact, ROH, MLB, Japan, open your eyes. If you can't see this talent, you have no business being in the wrestling business. (laughs) Hell yeah. Oh, great. All fucking great. That guy is a fucking wealth of knowledge. There he is. That's the guy who should be fucking booking in uh, AEW. Read, or at least helping the talent, man. You know? Just, like I said, it's, it's pro wrestling. It's simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. Everything he says is cut and dry. It's just right there in front of you. It's not, he's not fucking writing a big synopsis on something. You know what I mean? He's just telling you like it is. Um, anything else you want to speak on? Um, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, there you go. Tell me about this. I know Finn got his job fractured and looking yeah. rough right now. Broken two places from a fucking kick from hell from O'Reilly. O'Reilly got fucked up, too. This was a hard-hitting match from the moment the fucking bell rang. 
And on top of that, the match was almost in a way like a jujitsu legitimate MMA match. With the way that Kyle O'Reilly executes these holds and like me having the knowledge of training in jujitsu, he's executing them almost to perfection. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's at a fucking ADCC world championship fucking mat fight. You know what I mean? Kyle Just O'Reilly's sick, dude. Flawless. I mean, it looks so good. But they went back and forth, back and forth almost the entire time where it looked like a couple of times that Balor was going to lose and they kept working a body part. He kept going at the arm. Then he was going at the leg, trying to stop Balor from getting any type of, you know, high flying offense. That's what he does, man. There's a, might be able to find it on YouTube, but there was a match in ROH. It was him, Adam, him, Adam Cole, and Jay Lethal, I believe, in a triple threat. Just, Jesus Christ! Wow. Oh, I, th- I think it's the match that Adam Cole joined the Bullet Club. Oh, yeah, dude. But that ma- match was fucking insane. It was really good. And here's the other thing. The presentation of the new NXT in the Capitol Wrestling Center, or whatever it's called, yeah, is one of the best presentations to wrestling I have probably ever seen. Like they have the plexiglass barricade, but in front of the plexiglass is black cage. It looks so fucking cool, and especially with higher ceilings. Mm-hmm. And then they have they have the Thunderdome screen go all the way around with the fans, but that doesn't really matter. And the way it's lit on top of that is even better because at the beginning of each match, they would put the lights down, but only put these dim lights on the talent while they did the announcements, you know, weighing in at however much from this place or whatever. So it had a completely different feel to it. It wasn't like anything I've ever seen by, you know, a wrestling television product before. It's kind of cool. It it was. It was very cool. It was like, wow, they've got something right. NXT really thought about, or, you know, Triple H, let's be serious, really thought this out because this presentation is amazing. It's what they should have did at the beginning of this whole fucking COVID bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if they continue it when fans come back, it'll be even cooler. Because it makes you feel like you're in like an 80s fight movie. You know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. But not not 80s in the corny way. Like 80s as it looks like an old gritty film. That's all. Right, for sure. And um, the other sleeper is Damian Priest. That guy's a fucking star. Holy shit. Yes, I saw him in our. I saw him at ROH. I think it might have been the last time I went, or the time before. Um, he was Punishment Martinez. That's oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. Think I forgot who he went against, but <clears throat> I only go for Silas, bro. So, hey man, I love Silas. Yeah, Silas is my guy. Even though he fucking damn near broke my knee. <laughs> Jesus. 
he threw a fucking he threw he threw Roosh into the guardrail and I was in the front row and the fucking guardrail smashed into my knee so fucking hard. Dude, my knee hurt for like three days. Damn. Uh, cool. I had I had a Cody shirt on and he was like walking by when he was doing his entrance. And I was like, Silas, you're the man. He was like, you need a different fucking shirt. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. So He's awesome. underrated, man. He's really underrated. It's the shit, dude. I love Silas. Have you watched the Pure Tournament yet? No. I haven't watched ROH in a really long time. It's cool. It's actually the most sports-based competitive wrestling product on, on the face of the planet. It's, dude, they do these, okay, before the first couple round matches, they were doing a promo for each guy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, well, I'm going to kick his ass. It wasn't like that. It was like Silas Young's is the one that stands out the most because I just loved it. It was so good. He goes, I had four older brothers. They beat my ass nonstop growing up. So if you don't think that I have a chance in this tournament and I'm tough, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. He's like, that's all I did was get my ass whooped. Straight up truth, a real story, coming right from the heart, telling it like it is. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Jay Lethal's promo. Awesome. Even Dalton Castle, who's kind of flamboyant and kind of goofy. They talked about his wrestling background from high school and college and all that. Every single promo, everything they did was just like, wow. There wasn't one complaint. The matches were fucking great. I haven't watched in about a week, but every match I watched was fucking great. Right. They're really doing something right. It's it's probably going to be yeah, the best things they've done in like I thought 10 years. Great idea. Yeah. I thought that pure tournament was a great idea, too. It is. It's awesome. I hope Lethal wins, though, because I love Lethal. He's probably, like, my favorite Ring of Honor wrestler. I think he's, like, one of the best wrestlers in the world, but doesn't get credit. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. All right. I got to get out of here. Catch you later, bro. See you later. Yeah. It's Capcast, baby. We're out, motherfuckers. See you next week. <laughs>